Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 94 of Wellness and Wanderlust. Can you believe we've made it this far? It's still so hard for me to believe that we are almost 100 episodes into this show. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you for being part of the journey and to all the guests, all the listeners, and everyone who has made this show possible. Truly, thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or your 94th time listening, I can't wait for you to hear all about today's guest and we have a really fun one for you today. Now, before we go any further into our episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Vivu. Vivu is an at-home wellness tracker that gives you personalized recommendations based on your hydration, ketones, pH levels, white blood cells, liver, kidney function, and so much more. They've added some new parameters to the app like oxidative stress and magnesium, and those have been huge eye-openers for me personally. So how it works, you download the free Vivu app, pee on one of the sticks provided, and scan it into the app to receive your tips based on health goals, dietary preferences, and more. The advice is really tailored to our individual needs. So if your profile says that you're gluten-free, the app is never going to tell you to consume gluten. If you say you want to get into ketosis, then the app will notate that and it will change up your parameters accordingly. So it is such a cool tracker. And we actually had Vivu's founder, Mirai Typhoon, on episode 26 of the show. So if you'd like to learn more about Vivu or about biosensors in general and biohacking, be sure to check out that episode. If you'd like to try Vivu for yourself, listeners get 20% off your purchase with code VALERIE20. I've linked everything in the show notes, so again, be sure to check it out if you're interested. Today's guest has a really incredible story that you are going to love. Bridget Scotty is the founder of Wim Travel, a surprise destination vacation company. Customers can fill out a survey and Wim will plan your entire itinerary along with travel arrangements, lodging, and a few surprise activities along the way too. Bridget shares the magic of surprise travel and how even those of us type A folks can enjoy some spontaneity in our lives. She also shares helpful travel tips for anyone looking to plan their next trip, how to become more confident as a traveler, and even where I should go on my next trip, which was really, really astute observations based on just a few simple questions. And it really was a trip that now I am dying to take. It was such a joy to talk to Bridget about all things Wanderlust, and I'm so excited to book a whim vacation for myself. You're going to love this one. So without further ado, let's hear from Bridget. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show. Um, we were talking right before we hit record about how we don't have a lot of wanderlust on the show these days because of the pandemic and all of the changes in travel. So I'm really excited to get to chat with you about all things wanderlust today. Before we dive into that, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about you? Absolutely. Well, I'm always happy to encourage wanderlust in any capacity. So yeah, so I own a company called Wim. We are a surprise destination vacation company. So what that means is we plan you a vacation and you don't know where you're going until you get to the airport. I founded it end of 2017, beginning of 2018. We, with some friends, kind of, it honestly happened by accident and it became a wonderful accident. And I'm somebody who's always been a big proponent of the importance of travel and what that means from a health perspective, a headspace kind of area. But also I think that I'm a big proponent that travel makes you a better person. It makes you 
a better citizen of the world. It just opens everything up and makes everything a little bit better and a little bit more whole. At least it always has for me. So anything I can do to encourage that and now I get to make it my job, which is even cooler. That is amazing. And I first have to say, I 100% agree with you. I think travel makes all areas of your life better, especially makes you a better person. And I'd love to know for you, what inspired your love of travel? What has that looked like for you leading up to the creation of WIM? Yeah. So I grew up with a dad who is like an old fashioned traveling salesman, right? Like he traveled like 250 days out of the year. And so growing up, we were always headed to another place or to meet him on the weekends. And he likes to joke, he gave me itchy feet when I was a kid. I never sat still very long. I always had to go see the next place. And just kind of growing up and getting to see the country through that, it really made me kind of more and more curious. And I was a big nerd. I was a bookworm. And so when I wasn't actually traveling, I was escaping into my books to go explore somewhere new. So just as I grew up and I expanded my awareness more and more, I just wanted to know the next thing, the next place. There was never, I've never gotten to a place where I'm like, I get it now. I'm full. I I feel like I've seen it all because there's always somewhere new to explore or a new culture or a new person that, you know, has something to teach you that your own backyard can't. I absolutely love that. I can so relate to that. Even just living um, in my very local area at a very hyper local level, I find that the more that I explore, even just here in Central Florida, the more that I find that I didn't know about only within an hour of where I live. And then when you take that further and further out and you go and see more places, even when I go back to a city I've already been to or a country I've already been to, you find so much that you can only dive deeper into and meet new people. So I absolutely love that. I think that it really does contribute so much to your mental and physical health and just your overall experience as a human being. So talk to me a little bit about the creation of WIM Travel because I think it's so cool that the company that you've created, Your Livelihood Today, is something that happened by accident. And I'd love to know a little bit more about the story that led into that and what exactly Surprise Travel is. As a very type A person, I get so (laughs) curious. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So like I said, I grew up traveling both with my father and then as I got older, my own need to be everywhere. And I wanted to say, I agree with you, even like an hour away or right in your own, you know, space kind of thing. I live in New York City and I've lived here for 14 years. And every day that you choose to like go out and explore the city, you find something new that you didn't know was there before, which is to me, the magic of Manhattan, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. I can... I've lived here 14 years and if I chose to, I could have never repeated a restaurant, if, you know, like yeah. it's just so much. But so, yeah, so I, I have this, this definite love of travel. I've been well-traveled most of my life, which was incredibly fortunate. Uh, I didn't even know how fortunate that was until I got older. And I was always that friend who like a friend would come up and they're like, oh, I'm going here. What, where do you recommend? And I'd be like, oh, there's this great like diner down on, you know, this street that I really love or whatever the case may be from just traveling so much uh, growing up. And one of my closest friends, he was turning 25 and he had never traveled alone. And I love traveling alone. So I'm always, I'm always like, yes, go. Uh, But he had never traveled alone. And for his 25th birthday, he wanted to take himself somewhere, but he really couldn't decide where. He wasn't sure what to choose. And he kept going back and forth. And I was like, you know what? my birthday present to you is I'm going to plan you a trip. And he kept not being able to like decide even with my help. And I was like, now my birthday present to you is I'm going to plan you a trip and I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You're just going to have to trust me. 
And so I planned him a trip and he didn't know where he was going. And throughout the like weekend, I planned him all this extra stuff. And, and by the time he got back to New York, I was like, I'm filing for a business license. Like, this is it. This is something so cool. And now he's one of my partners in the company with another friend of ours. And uh, we've been going strong for about five years. That is amazing. Uh, I have to ask, first of all, where did you end up planning his trip to? I sent him to Austin, Texas. Ooh. A great town. Uh, yeah, we, I sent him to Austin. He'd never been. He is definitely a tech geek. So Austin's got a lot of that. We sent him down. He did. And I, you know, I was able to really kind of like lean in because I knew him so well. And at one point I sent a, like a lift to pick him up and I was like, head downstairs out of your hotel, get in this lift. They're going to take you somewhere. And they took him and dropped him off in line at Franklin Barbecue. And he didn't really know what he was in line for. And I told him, and I was like, and by the way, keep your ears open. Somebody will be calling your name soon. And if you've ever done it, you know, Franklin is the famous, most famous barbecue spot in all of Texas, probably one in the country. And so the line is long and starts super early. So while he was standing in line, I had somebody deliver him breakfast standing in line and... I was able to plan all these really cool and unique experiences. And I was that's what made me so sure it was a a company because it's not just about like picking a city and buying you a flight, right? It's about really making sure you feel completely immersed and in love with this new town. I absolutely love that. And I think what a special gift to give someone, especially, you know, a friend that you that you know well and you know what he likes and and all of that. But now you've created this huge company where you're able to do this for others as well. How do you do this for strangers and create these experiences and figure out what they're going to like? I mean, to an extent, I definitely think it is gut instinct, right? I'm fortunate enough that uh, if I had my druthers, I would just go up to somebody and be like, this is where you should go. Just believe me. <laughs> uh, no, but we, we only right now do the U.S. and territories. Someday I would like to be international, but for now, there's plenty within the U.S. to explore. But um, what, what you do when you go on our website is you select your dates and your budget, and then you fill out like an absurdly long survey. Like I, we, we always joke, we're like, open up a bottle of wine and sit down because got, you've got to take some time with this one. Uh, because we do want to know you. We literally want to know everything. We ask everything from where you've been, where you grew up, where you went to school. We ask, how long does it take you to get ready? What kind of music are you into? What are your hobbies? What are you, what's your favorite vacation you ever went on? Like, what are your, what are your social media handles? Because we will follow and stalk them. Um, and so we really get to get a chance to kind of get to know these people and, it's introduced me to people from all over the country that I would never have, you know, kind of interacted with otherwise. But it's also introduced me to like, I'm over here, somebody will like write down a hobby. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Now I'm out here like Googling random interests and hobbies to see how where I can find in the country to do that and stuff like that. So wow, it's very cool. That is awesome. And I think like that's such a great way to personalize the experience, especially when you haven't met the person yet. And you do get a certain instinct, I think, when you meet someone Mm -hmm. in person or obviously when it's a friend of yours or a family member or a loved one. But to be able to really collect that information and take the care and the time to kind of get to know them on that level so that you can plan something that's special to them. What kind of trips do you find, um, you know, a lot of solo, a lot of group travel? How does that look? And kind of who books the surprise travel? Because this isn't something I'd heard of prior to us connecting, but I am so fascinated by this concept. So I am just like you, right? Like I couldn't own a planning company if I wasn't a complete type A, like that's who I am <laughs> deep down. I literally have a, de- a master's degree in, in risk management. Like I am a numbers <laughs> graphs person. 
But I find that largely two types of travelers book with us. We are either you're super well-traveled, right? You've been to a lot of places, you've done a lot of things, and you're just kind of down for a story. You want to go somewhere, you want to do something new, why not try it? Or we have people who are who haven't traveled much, who, you know, have never gone on their own or like are younger or or honestly are older and they're like, you know, I've never gotten to take just a trip that isn't like, oh, it's a family trip or, oh, we're doing that. Like just a true let's go see a place kind of exploration. And we tend to gravitate to those two far ends of the travel spectrum. The people in the middle who are fairly well traveled, but they have a list of the next five places they want to go. They don't usually book with us, which I think is very interesting, right? Like we attract these people who want the safety net of I'm not a traveler. I know I want to go somewhere. But by booking with WIM, you have like the safety net of like, we give you a personal concierge who's a text away the whole time. They're in your pocket. We joke like, meet your new best friend. Like they are here for you this whole time. So if you are traveling as a new traveler, it's not kind of out too far outside your comfort zone. And then if you are a super seasoned traveler, like you just have a backup plan. You just have a person just in case you have a question or a comment or an extra thing you want to know or do. And I, I think that really... It's just kind of that little bit of extra, not really luxury, but that extra sense of <laughs> you go girl. Like we're, we're <laughs> your cheerleaders right behind you being like, this is going to be great. As far as types of people, truly, truly everyone. Like we have solo travelers. We have couple travelers. We have lots of families. We have college reunions. We've done bachelor and bachelorette parties. We even do elopements. People who want to get married and not know where they're getting married will plan you your whole wedding at a destination and you don't know where you're going. So it's really every iteration of people. And we've definitely seen more, I'd say I've seen more female solo travelers since the pandemic, because I think more and more women are feeling like they want to go see something and do something after being locked home alone for two years. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a space for everyone, no matter where you're from or where you're interested in going. And there's always something to go see. That is amazing. And I think that's so fascinating, too, that you have such a mix. You have the, um, well, first of all, I think the elopement package, that is <laughs> such a cool thing. Because I know elopements have become such a huge trend in the wedding industry since um, since the pandemic. My, my sister and her husband did a very, you know, they did a micro wedding, but they strongly considered mm-hmm. elopements at one point. Um, it was only because travel, we weren't sure how much we could travel at that yeah. point. But it's very interesting to see that trend kind of shifting. And so to do something that is such a surprise, even to the couple, I think is so, so cool. And, and I love the idea that you have these people who either haven't really been on a trip before and they might want that safety net or those who have been a million places and want the story too. I think both both sides of the spectrum, I think that could be such a cool experience on both sides. So as far as that goes, you get to the place that you're going, how much is built into the trip? And then how much are they able to, you know, you're walking around and you see a coffee shop that you want to try or, you know, how much flexibility is built into that and how much is pre-planned what goes into that and then how does the concierge play in yeah so the, as far as well what the, for the elopement package we were a young company small but mighty and we've we had booked a lot of honeymoons uh, we have a lot of people who book honeymoons with us and i think it comes from decision fatigue after planning a wedding they're like good god i cannot fight with my new spouse over one more <laughs> choice like <laughs> we just went nine rounds over the color of our linens like we cannot make this another battle and we actually have had a lot of 
couples who like the husband is in charge of booking the honeymoon and the wife plans the wedding and the husband will buy a package from us and the wife is like I hate this I can't believe he did this that was not my <laughs> intent but they always have a good time we, 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 we win them over in the end but we're a company that likes to listen to what people want and early on like within our first six or eight months we did our first elopement back in 2018 and it came from somebody who booked a honeymoon with us and then they reached out and they were like we can't get we can't get everyone on board for this wedding can we just get married while we're on our trip and we were like I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you can let's see what we can do and after we planned our first one we were like this is amazingly cool if you are down we will help you it's obviously not our largest segment because that is such a specific life experience <laughs> to do but every time we get to do one it's very cool and very rewarding but as far as the detail of the process goes once you fill out that survey and you purchase it you are totally hands off and then 7 days before you take off you get a packing list and a forecast of like the general weather. And the packing list is always really high level, like walking shoes or a bathing suit, nothing too detailed because we don't want to give anything away. And then 24 hours before you find out the time and location of departure. So like LaGuardia, 10.30 a.m., Terminal 2 or whatever. And then three hours before you take off, you find out where you're going. And then you get a link to a page that has like the top 10 things to know about that town, a little blurb about what's going on there, and then a playlist to listen to, to like get you in the mood, to really like make you feel like you're ready for that city. It's a hype, it's our, it's our hype beast like playlists. And then each built for a different city. And then once you land, you get your itinerary. And so our itineraries are very detailed, but we ask you a lot of questions. We're like, how many meals do you eat a day? Do you like to take lots of breaks or are you like, go, 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 see it all, whatever. And so when you land, you have this custom itinerary to you and your city. And we heavily encourage, we're like, look, this is guidance. If you are walking down a street and you do see a fabulous coffee shop or you, you're like, oh, I've always wanted to go to this one place in town, you should absolutely do it. Travel is about getting carried away on a new experience or seeing something you didn't know you wanted to see. And we heavily encourage that. The intent of our planning is literally just so that I think a lot of the wonder in travel and I, like the wonderment of the experience has been lost to the digital age where you go somewhere fabulous and you're wandering and you look over and there's like a person Googling like best coffee shop in XYZ and they could be standing next to a beautiful coffee shop that they didn't know to look for because they're like scrolling through listicles and mm -hmm. let us do that for you. Don't waste your time Googling. So if you see something you love, you should do it. But if not, you've got this whole plan in place. But I think what makes it extra fun is throughout the itinerary, depending on your budget, you get additional surprises along the way. And so you get this big itinerary with all these details. But within it, there's a few blocks that are grayed out that'll say, shh, it's a surprise. And then about two hours before, you find out what this extra thing is. So it could be a city tour. It could be a wine tasting. It could be tickets to a comedy show. It could be reservations at a super cool like bar that it's hard to get reservations to it could be a whatever your jam you know kayaking hot air whatever your jam is and there might there's a, like a few extra hidden throughout so the kind of like dopamine hit of the big reveal doesn't end at the city reveal you get more throughout the experience that is so cool. What is the um what has the reaction been to that? Because I I just think that is so cool to get to have the surprises throughout your trip. I think that is absolutely the part that people love the most because you're already kind of flying high from this reveal and you think you know everything, but you're like, but what comes next? Who knows? And so it's like a safety level of like experience 
excitement because okay I know where I'm kind of gonna be throughout the next few days in the first iteration of whim I thought I'm gonna reveal each item as you go you're never gonna know what's coming next and that turned out to be a very bad choice (laughs) because it was just too much and you could never kind of get your feet under you and so now it's just about these few extra things like we have someone in Nashville right now and about two hours ago the reveal went out that they had tickets to the Opry the Grand Ole Opry tonight or we have someone in Kentucky, and today their uh, surprise was a private tour of, of, of the Bourbon Trail, or whatever the case may be. We have somebody tomorrow who's in Santa Fe, who they're doing a hot air balloon ride at like five o'clock in the morning, because that's apparently when hot air balloons need you. Uh, but so you know, it can be it can be big things, but we can also like if we have someone in like Austin, for example, there's a super cool speakeasy that we love that you have to like book reservations way in advance, and that's a free like. It's not a, I don't think surprises are just about money, right? I think it is something about like, oh, that's so cool. I didn't even know to look for this speakeasy or, oh, this restaurant is super hard to get reservations for, but you're a foodie. We got you. You thought you weren't going to get to try it while you were here, but surprise, here's your ticket in basically. That is so cool. What would you say, what are like the top benefits I would say of doing something like a surprise travel for someone who maybe hasn't done that before? I mean, you know, we talk about wellness and what it means to kind of unplug and take care of herself, self-care, etc. And I, I will speak from coming from a woman's perspective, especially like I'm such a planner and I run my own business and I run my life and I vacation is oftentimes people always joke. I need a vacation from my vacation. And like, what kind of, <laughs> how did that help anything? <laughs> um, so it can still be busy and explorative and exciting. But the benefit is you didn't have to do it all alone. Like it is, should be fairly stress-free. I mean, no travel is is completely stress-free, right? You are leaving your comfort zone. And I, I would say this to anyone. I don't think whim is for every single person. I think there are people who have, we have had customers in the past who I've had to be like, look, I know that this, you are stressed about this. You are scared that this is going to go bad. But I was like, but if you kind of just give in and go with the flow, you're going to have a good time because why not? And we pick places that maybe people wouldn't have picked on their own, which I pride myself on, right? Like there's so much to see. This country is so large and so varied that maybe you wouldn't think to pick Rhode Island for a weekend, but, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Cause maybe you should have, or maybe now you will, or maybe you'll go and you're like, okay, that was cool. It's not going to be my go-to spot every time, but I got to see something new. I got to try something different. And now I've seen a new place onto the next kind of thing. About a third of our customers will book a second whim within 12 months of their first one, which I think says a lot about like the, once you know that you can do a trip and have no planning involved, it's a pretty exciting experience. You and I kind of relate on the type A piece. Do you have a lot of type A people that end up taking the trips? Because I know that could be out of, that's certainly out of my comfort zone, but something that I'm really intrigued by that already doing a little bit of the, um, (laughs) you know, the wheels are turning a little bit in my head, but yeah. Do you, do you have a lot of people who maybe approach it from that perspective of, you know, Hey, I'm a little nervous to do this, but it's something that I'd really like to try or how do you work with people like that? We do. I think I think there's a balance between type A and anxious people, That maybe, I should say. I think once type A's look at our website, it's so built by a type A person. Like, <laughs> our FAQs go on for a hundred years. If there is not a question I, you know, I failed to answer on there, we also have a live chat and a live text. As a type A person, we do get jokes about people who are like, I didn't think I could handle this, and I did it. And as a type A person, like, I so appreciated another type A question taking the reins kind of thing. (laughs) 
Because it, anything you want to ask, anything you want to see, it's all there for you. Because I think for me, what would make me like not, I'm like, what if you don't do it as well as me? Yeah. That would, that's my biggest fear of that. Like, what if, what if you don't do it as well as me? And the idea is, it's not about doing it as well as you. It's about showing you something that you couldn't have done on your own or wouldn't have done on your own. So I think that's really where type A people can kind of find comfort because the other part of being type A is right. Like, okay, I have to do it all and I'm going to do it all right. But like, Mm -hmm. I can't get to it all. Well, I'm going to, I'm about to give you back weeks of your life because I'll do it for you. And here's my list of credentials. Here's all these people who have done it, all these places we have gone, et cetera. As far as the other half of it, the people who are maybe more anxious than type A, I think that it's kind of just like deciding to try a thing. Mm -hmm. No one enjoys the experience of like, I don't, I don't want anyone white knuckling their way to a vacation. (laughs) That's never the goal. But we do get some people, we have one customer right now. He bought a trip three months in advance. And every couple weeks, he sends us a chat just to check in on the trip. And I'm like, I promise you will be going somewhere. And he's like, are you sure I can't know any hits? I'm like, that's not what we do here. Uh, And he's like, you keep a better lock than the CIA. And I was like, yeah, that's, I was like, you, you, under penalty of death, sir, you will not be getting this destination. But I'm convinced once he kind of buys in and kind of lets go over the reins, he'll have a good time. But that's just kind of the deal. I think you have to be in the headspace to be like, I trust these people. Also, we have literally planned thousands and thousands and thousands of vacations there's no way we're not good at it and if we're not good at it at this point <laughs> we'd have a bigger problem <laughs> well and I think there's something powerful in letting go of the rain sometimes it's really scary things sometimes to do but you are getting some time back you also I think when when I'm thinking about where do I want to go on my next trip I get very stuck in a certain mindset and there are places I'm probably not even thinking of that somebody who might know a certain part of the country better than I do might say, hey, this city in Montana might be the right the right place for you to go. And, you know, who knows based on what what my experiences have been, I I only know what I know. Other than maybe having seen something on TV or hearing about something from a friend, there's so much that you might not be thinking of that could be perfect for you that somebody could help you uncover and, and explore. So I think I think that's such a cool experience to get that. Right. And we are, we are creatures of what we know. So if you're somebody who grew up doing beach vacations, you know, beach vacations and you've taken a bunch of beach vacations or whatever. Yes. You can probably plan yourself a killer beach vacation, but the beach will still be there next year. Why not see something you never thought to look for, Why, you know, head to the mountains, head to a city, head to like, we are, we are definitely creatures of comfort as people. And even when we're like, we want to try something new, we gravitate towards what we know. I'm a city person. I'm deeply a city person. When left to my own devices, I, I like, I'm uninterested in seeing a tree. Like I get it. It's there. But that's one of the best things about a company like this, whereas I've been forced out of my own comfort zones a lot to go like learn these new places and check out destinations and do all this stuff. And I end up in these places. I'm like, God, it's gorgeous. I get it. Like, let's do this one for this person. And I think people don't realize how many cool places there are. Like until you've done the San Juan islands off the coast of Washington or you know, you've done Fredericksburg for the wine tasting in Texas or Portland, Maine is a town no one thinks of, but it has one of the highest per capita James Beard restaurant nominations in the country, if not the world. Or Minneapolis is this amazing music city with this really fabulous food scene with a huge, uh, it's the 
one of the largest cities that uplifts immigrants. So there's like this amazing food scene of Native Americans, restaurants and uh, you know, Hmong food and stuff you would have never tried anywhere else. Or Boise, Idaho is some of the best whitewater rafting in America. Like these are not places that you're getting off of like the top 25 things you should do before you, but you should. Why not? They're there. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we go see them while they're sitting there for us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been amazed. There have been times where I've gone somewhere simply because maybe I had a friend that lived there, but it wasn't really high on my list. Yeah. And you know, I went to Omaha, Nebraska, and I was telling someone even today, there were some of the best restaurants that I'd ever yes. been. It took forever to find an actual like McDonald's or a chain <laughs> restaurant. There were so many amazing locally owned. I, I had one of the best burgers I've ever had. And like nobody thinks, oh, let's go to and uh, apologies to anyone who's in Nebraska who's listening to this beautiful. I lo- I absolutely loved Omaha and Bellevue, but wasn't high on my list necessarily. But the more you learn about some of these places, I think you get so many surprises and such an appreciation for other parts of the country and other parts of the world. For you, you know, as you've done this exploration, you were already well-traveled and then owning a company like this, you certainly learn even more about, about all of these places. What would you say has been maybe one of the biggest surprises for you as far as locations or what has been surprisingly like a favorite for you as you've, or maybe an underrated hidden gem that that people might not be expecting. Yeah. So I'm from Pittsburgh originally, and I love Pittsburgh. I think it's a great weekend city. I recommend three, four days in that town. It's a blast and a half, especially if you're a sports fan. Two big thumbs up. But even though I grew up in Pittsburgh, Ohio never held much interest to me. I was like, it's right there. Like, I get it. (laughs) You know, it was like too close to be of interest, I suppose. And I ended up in Columbus, Ohio a while ago, and I was like, this town is awesome. There is fabulous food and I really loved there's like all of these amazing murals and weird art installations there's something in Columbus Ohio called Cornhenge where somebody for a reason I can't tell you built like seven foot tall plaster ears of corn in a oh my field gosh. I find it fascinating down yes. let's go I love a weird <laughs> photo op I'm so in um so like you know it wouldn't have occurred to me to be like let's go to Ohio I actually spoke to somebody a while ago who's like I was really interested in going but when I saw somebody write a review that you sent them to Ohio my friend won't go anymore and I was like see that's the problem what do you know you know you don't know until you know and it's so cool so that was definitely one of the like places I didn't expect to really really enjoy and I really enjoyed it and then like I said I live in New York now and I'm not a beach person or a nature person like give me concrete give me high rises and I love New England I think it's gorgeous I think everyone should take a road trip from like you know New York through Maine I think it's utterly stunning especially in the fall and I always kept meaning to but I kind of never just did it during 2021 I guess when things were kind of like open but not fully open my friends and I rented a car and we did it we did Connecticut and Massachusetts and Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine and we you know I had seen the the highlights right I've been to Boston a thousand times I've done you know a handful like I've done a little bit of Connecticut I had been to but I'd never like fully immersed for like weeks on end and when I did it I was like oh my god I get it like this is such a beautiful area where it is something that you just gotta drive and see and take in the leaves and wander these little towns that actually look like postcards come to life and it's just the thing that I feel like is out everybody's like oh I should do that someday but no one ever takes the time to be like I'm gonna go do that New England road trip and this is my call to action and everyone should go do it. 
That is so good. That sounds absolutely beautiful. I've been I, the last time that I was I was in upstate New York, and we were supposed to drive through, you know, enjoy some of the fall. And of mm-hmm. course, it was unseasonably warm, and the the leaves had not changed <laughs> colors. I was so upset. Um, it being in Florida, we don't have we we have cold friends and then hot the rest of the year, <laughs> <laughs> and love bugs. So as much as I love it here, um, you know, I was really excited to experience the season. So I am incredibly jealous as I'm hearing this, and definitely something that I want to do at some point, but I absolutely love that. I think there really, it, there is so much to be said for not doing things that are not that far from where you live mm-hmm. and how we, I think we take that for granted so often. And then when we finally venture out even a few hours, it's just magnificent. And I remember when I was younger, even thinking like true travel was if you left the country and so often even just going a state away or a county away, <laughs> you know, how different it can be where, wherever you end up and how much there is to see and how much we still haven't explored, no matter how well traveled we are. And I agree with you in that I had the same opinion um, because I grew up traveling around the country with my dad. To me, vacation or travel meant leaving America. And do not get me wrong. I believe that we are, like I said it already, but I'm a better person when I've seen a different person's lifestyle and, Mm -hmm. you know, spending time in other countries surrounded by other belief systems and religions and cultures. It's what makes people connected and interested. And it just makes me feel like a better, uh, a better and more connected person. So I, I am a vehement believer in leave your area, leave your town, go across an ocean and see what's happening over there rather than just read it on a computer and believe what it has to say. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize my privilege in that, in that it's not always affordable or realistic in your time to be able to do that at all every year or every other year or whenever. And that doesn't mean that you can't still explore and enjoy domestically as well. You know, even in Florida, right? Like St. Augustine is a beautiful little city for a couple days. Or I was really shocked by, uh, what is it? 30A Rosemary Beach area where like literally with the white picket fences everywhere. I was like, what am I looking at? It looks (laughs) like a cookie cutter come to life. And so, yeah, so I think there's a lot to be said about that. I'm actually headed to California next week with the intent of exploring Central California. I've been to LA more times than I can count. I have a lot of friends who live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I go to San Diego pretty regularly. Like I've done all the big stuff, but in the middle, like Paso Robles, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, Solvang, these are areas I don't know terribly well. And they've just never made it onto my list. So my intent was I wanted to pick somewhere that I wouldn't have chosen normally. And I just rented a car. I'm I'm flying in, I'm renting a car, and we're going to go see what there is to see. That is so cool. And I think that's so important. There's so much that it may not be the the destination that's been on your list or you're so like on so many of those listicles. I feel like there's always the trending locations and then yeah. you see everybody on your social media has been to that city in the last couple of weeks. You think, oh my gosh, they must have all been meeting up there or something. <laughs> I swear. So I think I think it's cool when you get to explore somewhere that's different that might not have been on your list, but still has so many amazing sites and and just people to get to know. Because that's the other thing too is I will occasionally travel solo or I'll travel and maybe go see people, but I'm solo for part of the trip. And Mm -hmm. you have some of the best conversations with strangers. I maybe have to be a little bit careful with that because (laughs) um, I'm an introvert, but I'll talk to anybody. And um, at the same time, I think it's so powerful. You really develop that, you know, as we've been talking about that appreciation 
for other people, other ways of life, even when it's, you know, you think that culturally we're the same because we live in the same country. And that's often not the case. But I think that's so cool that you're that you're getting to try a new city and a new area of a place that you've previously been. But for you, um, have you actually have you have you gotten to go on one of these surprise trips yet? Or is this something that you'd be open to? I would love to. None of my team will plan one for me. They oh, refuse. Man. I'm like, hey, I'm ready. Send me on a whim. When you work here, you do get one free whim a year. That's one of our benefits. We're a travel company. We encourage you to travel. So part of having a job here is you get to go on a, a whim. And it's very interesting because, again, like I mentioned, the person who I planned the first one for, who's one of the co-founders now, he's been on more whims than anyone. And it's a running joke that, like, at this point, it's – but he refuses to plan one for me. He's like, absolutely not. That's all you. But, yeah, hey, as soon as one of my team members wants to go – because there's – I genuinely don't believe, I believe anywhere is interesting for three days. Well, that's mm-hmm. not true. I believe almost <laughs> There have been a few places I've gone in my research and I'm like, oof, this one, we could take this one off the list. This one was not one for me. I will not name names in case I offend anybody. But there's a few towns I'm like, this one was a no. This one, this one doesn't stay in rotation. But sometimes I also believe that need necessitates creativity. And we had never planned a trip to the Lake of the Ozarks before. And we had somebody who met the criteria I had done my research of it, you know, we we had all this these the puzzle pieces essentially and somebody was flying from a tiny tiny airport and their budget wasn't very large and I was like, you know where they can afford to fly? Kansas City. I was like, I think it's Lake of the Ozarks time. And that's like kicks off our company building out a whole compendium of the Ozarks and just kind of being down, right? Like there's no like we know so many people all over the country who are able to kind of have a say and te- and and weigh in on this stuff, but you get creative when you're from somewhere different or from looking for something different than you might not know. And don't get me wrong, the big cities are fabulous. Again, everyone should see a show in New York and everyone should hang out in a pool in Palm Springs one day or go to the wineries in Napa or I mean, I think it's requisite that you have to go to a bachelorette party in Nashville at some point. I think it's just required now. It's the rule. That's absolutely a rule. And you should do all those things because those are all so much fun. And then you should go hike Multnomah Falls in Portland, Oregon, because you didn't know you could or whatever the case may be. I love that. And I think that's so important to really to embrace that and to be creative because there are some things that I think every single person should experience, but other things that may be really, really tailored to something that you love and that you may not even be aware of. And when you get to these places, you'll you'll learn about. And so I, I find this to be so fascinating. I would love to know. Um, and I definitely have some general travel questions for you as yeah. well. But so I am itching to travel. I have flown one time since 2020, which is so sad. Oh, isn't it crushing? It's crushing. It was for a wedding. And then I got sick on the flight home. So I didn't get to go to the next wedding oh. I had out of state, which I had booked extra time so I could do a little bit more travel. Oh, no. um, but eventually I would like to travel again. Where where should I go on my next trip? Oh, I love this. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so you said you're in Florida, right? Yes. Central Florida. Are you from there originally? Like, give me your background. So I'm originally from South Florida, just north of Fort Lauderdale. And yeah moved to Orlando for college and I live um, in Sanford, just a little bit north of Orlando now. So I've been in this area. Oh my gosh, I graduated nine years ago. So I've been in Central Florida, I guess, 13-ish years. Oh my gosh. 
Okay. Favorite place you've ever been and why? Oh my gosh. Wow. In the U.S., I would say maybe Savannah, Georgia. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I loved, this is very type A, but I loved the organization of how the squares are. Oh, so lovely. Yes. The historic district was beautiful. I love a cup of tea. I went with my mom and we did our hot tea. We we aren't huge foodies. We actually did farm to table for most of um, most of the food. We weren't big on like the fried chicken or any of that, but we had to do a nice dessert while we were there. There was a chocolate shop that was, it was designed like it was a bookstore and just very artsy. Everybody had their dogs out with them. The weather was, we went in January and so the weather was nice and cool, but not too cold. And I love a ghost tour and the historic home. I love a ghost tour. Okay, great. So top five things you want to, you like to do on a vacation. Like what are your like five things that you're always like, if I hit these, I'm happy. Ooh, that's a great question. And see, it differs so much. I, I love a hop on hop off tour when I can just kind of getting, yeah, I enjoy public transportation. I actually really like navigating the subways and everything when I'm in a bigger city. But if I have the hop on hop off tour to get around as well, that's something I really love. Okay. I don't need to do lots of big meals, but if I can have one thing that's really like signature to the area, especially if it's a dessert. I, I go for the dessert more than maybe, um, which is so Me great. Too. Wellness and wanderlust, right? Chocolate's good for the soul. You can't it's so good. <laughs> you know, I will go for a beignet before I'll go for the gumbo. Uh, yes. Like so, so somewhere I can get a good dessert and a nice hot cup of tea. I always, I always enjoy that. Nice weather. So I eventually would like to be more adventurous and handle, I think, the winter and a little <laughs> bit colder. But I really love when it's, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, sunny. So nice weather where I can be outside, be comfortable and walk around a lot and it's walkable. But I can also enjoy, you know, indoor activities too. And I just, I like being on the go and then having, some, like being able to hit a few places and getting to do some tours, but also having a little bit of downtime, but having that downtime in a place that's like really signature to the, to the area that I'm in. Okay. All right. So all those questions are from our survey. So like they're my go-tos. My last one is, would you be willing to rent a car or is it all about the lifts and the Ubers for you? I like having the lifts and the Ubers and the public transport, but I am comfortable if I need to. I have a decent sense of direction. So if I need to rent a car, I'm comfortable doing that too. Okay. So here's where I think you should go. If you have, a, if you have let's say five days, I would fly up to Boston and I'd have you rent a car and I'd have you go straight out to the Cape and Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Ooh. Vineyard is absolutely stunning. You stay in Edgartown, you see the gingerbread houses, which is literally what they're called because they actually look like gingerbread houses. It's this tiny island that is like preserved in time. There's lots of history, but the beaches are very fun. And you take the ferry and you do the Cape. You do like Hyannisport, which is very like JFK. You go up to P-Town, which is like where all the parties are if you want a little bit of nightlife. And you've got this like fabulously little contained and you're from Florida. So, but you don't live in a beach town right now. So it's a beach, but it's a different style than you do. And so you have a few days of downtime. It's not a huge food, food town where you have to do it all, but they have like lots of great seafood should you choose to. And it's very different than Florida seafood, right? It's not like grouper and whatever. It's much more like the proper Massachusetts, like the lobster roll. And it's a very different New England vibe. 
And then on your way back, you drop off the car and you do one night in Boston. You do the public transportation. You do a history tour. You see Boston Commons. You do a little shopping on Newbury Street. Boston has some of the best bakeries. There's one called Flower Bakery and there's one called Tartine. Both are amazing. And you can even stop at like Amarino for gelato. And then you're good to go. You fly right back out of Boston. And Boston is a very affordable airport to fly into and out of. I love that. I actually, so I was, this first of all sounds like the perfect trip. And I have seen on the back of the Cape Cod chips too, that there's a Cape Cod chip factory out there. You can do a tour of the Cape Cod chip factory. We always have people do it because I think it's adorable. (laughs) I could live off of those chips, I swear. (laughs) It's funny you mentioned that too. I was supposed to go to a wedding in um, just outside of Boston. So I was, I was between, I was going to either fly into Boston or Providence and it ended up being Providence but it was the one that I was sick. I had to cancel everything, but I was so looking forward to getting out to the Northeast. And so, um, I feel like this is just such a sign. And, um, but I think that's so incredible that just even just a few questions and us talking for 45 minutes or so that you're able to get a gauge for a place that I would really enjoy because it does sound exactly up my alley. I'm actually thinking I call my call my mother after this and say, hey, guess where we're going? (laughs) It's so much, it's so pretty. And it's just like, once you've done it, it's such an experience. I actually was debating saying Newport in Rhode Island um, because that's actually my favorite uh, place besides New York in the country. But what made me change my mind was when you talked a little bit about kind of enjoying a little bit of this bustle, Newport does not have bustle. Like it does not have a hop on. It is the tiniest little town you ever did see. And it's absolutely stunning. But it is a very different vibe than that. But for anybody interested, you take the train up to Newport from New York. It feels very Gilded Age. You, uh, you know, you stay in these beautiful old hotels that have been around for, uh, you know, hundreds of years. And you do the cliff walk right on the water. You see all the old mansions. You go on like a little boat tour. You eat lots of seafood again um it's very very cute but it is definitely not like it's not beachy it's on the water but it's more like sailboats with like a cardigan than sit out on the beach and there's no bustle in that town it is definitely clearly where new yorkers escape to when they don't go to the hamptons for the beach they go up there for like the bougie (laughs) i love that i think that's very that's that's like my aspirational like i always laugh and say that i want to live in a j crew catalog and that's kind of what i'm picturing (laughs) oh absolutely it's, yes. That's that whole area. Yeah, that's my goal. That's my, uh, I always like to joke. I'm like, that will be my second home. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a vacation home in Newport if anyone's offering. Oh, yes. No, that sounds absolutely beautiful. And I think what a cool thing that you're doing, getting to introduce people to places they may not have thought of and get them out of their comfort zone a little bit, but still pairing them with places that really speak to their interests, their hobbies, all of that. So I'm totally going to be looking into this for once I'm able to travel again, because I think this would be so fun. Now, on more of a general note, because you are a master traveler at this point, having a travel-related company and having done so much of it, from such a young age, do you have any tips just in general as people are starting to kind of venture back out? Any tips for kind of planning your dream trip and any ways that we can embrace the spontaneity and kind of discover the things we might not have thought of previously? So we live in a very different world now than we did two or three years ago, right? Nothing looks the same. (laughs) The first thing I would say is traveling has gotten a lot harder in some respects in that I'm sure everyone has seen all over the news, right? Like just 
abandoned suitcases and canceled flights and like there was something like 120,000 delays over the 4th of July weekend for wow. flights across America. So my first and biggest tip is just know what you're walking into. Don't let it spiral you out because you can't make them you, you can't you can't make that flight show up on time. There's no way for you to do it. So my first tip is don't book anything that you absolutely must do on day one, just in case for cancellations or delays. Let that just kind of be what it's going to be. If you can handle it, first flight out, absolute key. I know a 5.45 or a 6 a.m. flight absolutely sucks, but they have the highest on-time landing rate and the lowest uh, rate of lost luggage. So if you can do a first flight out, that is the jam. Take it and then take a nap later that day. (laughs) Um, So I'd say that's a big one. I would say figure out what your key things are. So pick your top, whatever, three, five, whatever the things are that you have to hit, right? If you're, you're somebody who collects records, see what the record store is and where that is. And other than the handful of things that you have to do, be open to finding something new to see and explore. A lot of restaurants have now gone reservation only across the country because of understaffing. So if there's like, I've always wanted to eat here or go to this bar, Make your reservation in advance if you can. If you can do a, I mean, if you can do a trip where you're comfortable kind of just exploring, I like to balance mine. I like to have like some parts that are super planned and some parts that are like, we'll see what we find. But I, that's a, comes from a place of confidence as a traveler. So if you're not that person, put in whatever safety nets you need to feel good about it, but don't overcommit yourself because you never have as much time as you think you do. You're always like, I'm going to do these 47 things. And then no one wants you to leave feeling like you left something on the table. So pick Mm -hmm. your few key things that if you go home and you've only done those, like check success, uh, other key travel things. Um, I'm a big believer in battery packs, (laughs) especially as a solo female traveler. The thing that makes me feel the safest is a charged phone. So I travel with like two or three battery packs at all times best thing you can buy, best thing you can own. Uh, you know, if you have an iPhone, just go to an Apple store and buy like three of them and stick, stick them in your bag and go if you can help it. Oh, I know one. I think that like those blind deals and stuff, on, I mean, it's a little different because I'm a travel agent, but if you're just like down to be a little bit adventurous, those blind deals on like Hotwire and stuff, in my opinion, are the cheapest and best way to book a hotel ever. Because, you know, if you pick the neighborhood you want and you pick the requirements you want and it's like four star and above, the hotels are like 30 something percent cheaper by doing it that way. And there's always a coupon code. So you can always use a coupon code. Um, Mm. I'm a huge snob. So like, (laughs) I'm a huge snob. I, my entire joke about my company is my number one ultimate bucket list item was like show up to the airport, pick somewhere off a board and get on a plane. But like, I needed to know a four star hotel was waiting for me when I landed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so blind items or stuff like that, hotel tonight, those are all really good discount things. I'm a big believer in hotels over Airbnbs because I think that concierges are like travel agents in a way that like a concierge knows what they know they are helpful to have in a new city so if it's up to me I will always take a hotel over um, a rental property because I've got like my new best friend at the front desk can like help hook you up and get you into where you want to go I love that. First of all, the battery packs. I just got a new phone, so I finally don't have to worry about it dying every hour. But I was so happy I'd bought like a really good pack for hurricane season because 
um, yeah, I, I'm so used to it dying after just a couple of hours and you're using your, your Google maps and all of that too, just to get around sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing how such a simple thing, it really takes away so much of this, especially as a female, but I can so relate with the hot wire too. I, I never really used it before. And I was going to a conference, ended up flying up a about four or five days early just because there was a hurricane coming and Mm -hmm. didn't really know what to expect. (laughs) So I thought I'm getting out of the state regardless and I needed to get something cheap. I ended up at a Kimpton for no money. I am, I'm really not a snob with it. I'm usually, you know, I'll go holiday and express, you know, somewhere clean with a, with a, breakfast if if I need it. And I ended up at a Kimpton and oh my gosh, I was running around in the zebra print bathrobes and eating (laughs) Oreos from the mini bar. And I'm like, I'm a fancy person because I got to do this, but there was no way I felt like, you know, at the same time, I'm like, I have no business being here, like (laughs) truly, but you know, you, you really do get such an amazing deal from doing that. And it didn't hurt that it was a holiday weekend that things are not open in DC. Uh So um, so it kind of worked out, but it's amazing how, how those types of, how those resources, and I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes too, for anyone that's not already on them, you know, how much those can really, really help. And you end up spending so much less than you might otherwise. Now you mentioned something that kind of piqued my interest too, as far as the confidence you have as a traveler. And I think that's something that comes with time for sure. If we have listeners who maybe haven't traveled in the past, they're kind of newer to that. They're developing that confidence. What tips do you have for someone who wants to develop that confidence as a traveler? I think the first and the most important thing about being a good traveler is even for us type A's um, (laughs) is knowing that you are now not in control. And I say that not as to scare anyone or to make anyone nervous, but you like, you know, your space, right? Like, you know, your, you know, your Orlando, you, you know what you're around, you, you know, you've got your places, you know it, you can, worst comes worse, it's there. Um, and you can kind of rely on some of that stuff. And I think that what makes travel such a transformative experience for so many people and why a lot of people who are like, say, I love to travel, but they go to the same couple places year over year <laughs> or like somebody who goes to Disney World every year for their major vacation. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is not, in my opinion, something that's going to like continue to change your mind because you've, you've experienced that and now it's time mm-hmm. for something new. So the best thing you can do is to set yourself up for success is have the mindset in place that's like, I'm going there not to, to to see what they have to say about everything. So if I'm in Boston, I want to, even if I'm whatever, I, I don't like seafood. Like don't go to Boston and not try clam chowder. Don't go to Boston and not take in the history. It's about immersing yourself in the space that you're in and not expecting that space to conform to you. I think that's true domestically, but also obviously internationally. But like, you know, I I don't need to roll up into a space and be like, you know, look for the New York in it all. I want to be in Savannah and I want to be in the squares. I want to be in Charleston and, you know, taking all that in. I want to, you want to be in these spaces and you want to fit into them and not the other way around. And I think a lot of uncertain travelers don't approach it that way. They approach it as somebody said this wasn't safe. So I'm going to wear my purse across my chest and I'm going to be super aware and I'm going to be super like, I see that a lot when people go to like New York or Chicago or LA for the first time. They're like, I got to be aggressive and I got to, no one's out there for it. Like, you know, just, just kind of 
become part of where you are as opposed to expecting it to mold to you. And I know that that's like saying something very esoteric and theoretical, but I do think a lot of people go in and they're like, I got to do all this stuff and I, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. And I think embracing discomfort is the best part of travel. If you're not uncomfortable or like curious or slightly lost at least a couple times, <laughs> where's your story coming from? Like yeah. no one ever started a great story with, look, I had this list of six things. I executed every single thing on time and I ended the day with a salad and I went to bed by 7.30. It was great. Like that's not the story you tell when you're with your friends the next time you're all together, right? The story is, oh, I was walking down the street and I took a wrong turn and I found this cemetery and I thought it was so cool. And there was a tour happening. So I asked if I could join. And at the end of the tour, he told me about this really great bar around the corner. And I went, you know, like that's where it all comes from. So it's, I think it's really about that. And I know that that is all kind of a, again, a a sense of privilege to have learned that. But that's my best tip is let go, embrace it and know that you will never stay on budget on a vacation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sad, but true. Never. It's not possible. (laughs) But I think, you know, it's so funny. I saw, um, I saw a reel last night and I'm sure this is trending audio at this point, but I've been trying to be a little bit off social media from, from what I was before where they were saying, people always ask me, you know, how do you afford all these amazing trips? And my answer to them is really simple. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. I work in financial services, so I shouldn't really be saying that. But in all in all honesty, I think it's the winding roads a lot of times that are that that ends up being the most exciting, memorable part of the trip. That you know, I'm thinking about my the last mother daughter trip that my mom and I took in 2019. We ended up going the wrong way down a mountain, and we had to go back up, and our legs were shaking by the end of it. But we ended up at a Harry Potter themed bar, you know, after all of this was done. But even just going down the wrong side of the mountain and ending up at this weird lake, and then realizing there was no way to get back to to the train except to go back up the mountain, and um, it, it ended up being one of those stories that we laugh about. We maybe weren't laughing as much then. But yeah, of course not. <laughs> no, my my legs are still hurting. And that was three years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I I really do think the spontaneity and what you're doing, I think really allows people to embrace that on an even greater scale. So I'm really excited to check out more. And I can speak to what you said about the type A person loving the website. I'm very much a fan of everything you have laid out there. And so I'm very excited to look into this more for for my own travels. Before I let you go, and I'm going to have you share a little bit more about the website and how people can connect with you and with Wim Travel. But I'd love to ask you a few rapid fire questions as well, just so the listeners can get to know you. Okay, let's go. Wonderful. Um, So my first question for you is, what is your top wellness tip? Take your vacation days. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) I did not do a great job of this in the beginning of my career, and this is one of my biggest regrets. Yeah. I don't think anyone does because I don't think, I think we're discouraged from doing that. I also come from a background in um, like finance and insurance and risk management. And I don't think we're encouraged to do that because we come from a culture that tells us that work harder, not smarter. Mm -hmm. And I love my job. I work 20 hours a day. My friends think I'm an addict, which I probably am. But I also think I'm a better employee, a better owner, a better person, like as far as business goes and everything. I'm more productive when I'm not like, oh God, I've read that sentence the same. I've read that same sentence 12 times. So take a long weekend, do your thing and come back on Monday ready to like dominate. It's going to be better for you than putting it off. I completely agree. I, I love that tip. 
now this one is going to be a really hard one and I apologize for you for this one, <laughs> but where is your favorite travel destination? Yeah, that's actually impossible for me. Um, you know, my favorite place in the U.S. is obviously New York. I've said it before. I've lived here for 14 years and I still think that there is magic around every single corner and every person should experience it. Even a person who is not a city person, it is like nowhere else you've ever been. Um, if I'm leaving the U.S., I am madly in love with Barcelona. Ooh. It's phenomenal. I'm a big fan of any city with a really big ego. Like, I love a town that's like, we're the best. Come at me. Like, we know who we are. I think it's fantastic. New York's that. Barcelona's that. Portland, Oregon's got a little Ooh. bit of that swagger. Pittsburgh definitely has some of that swagger. Austin, keep Austin weird. They've got their swagger. I love a town that, like, is really just, we know we're the best and we know why you're here. Because I think... Those are the cities that are so easy to fall in love with. It's like a person. When you've got that kind of confidence and swagger, how can you not be instantly attracted? Oh, that's so true. And it's so funny you mentioned Barcelona because when you asked me favorite city I've been to, I almost answered that. Oh, it's such a great one. So beautiful. And you're so right with the, um, you know, it just is so big and so full of personality. Just going to, I'm going to pronounce it totally wrong, but Park Guell where the- Um, it's, it's like Candyland. I mean, it's amazing. Just architecture that you have not seen anywhere else in the world and, or at least that I have not seen anywhere mm-hmm. else in the world. And I think that's such a great answer. And I, I do love the magic of these places that are so unique and just something that the big ego, the big personality, that's huge. Uh-huh. Absolutely. The other place I was touring about was, uh, Marrakesh. I really loved Marrakesh. Ooh. Um, but that's another place that's got a big, giant personality. And every person you meet there is like, we're amazing. Aren't you so excited to be here? And the call to prayer is so gorgeous. And it was such an experience. I think it's the only place I've ever been in my life where I'm like, this place should never be photographed again because no photograph captures this. This wow. entire city is just sound and movement and colors. And I've never seen a place that like less is represented <laughs> in photos. But there's some idea, right? Just big egos. Oh yeah. Well, so now I have a new place to add to my list, but uh, I love it. Yeah, though that's incredible. And I know that's a hard question, but I think um <laughs> but yeah, I I I love your answer there. On a completely different note, if if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Okay, so I'm not an animal person. Um okay. which I'm also convinced comes from tiny Manhattan apartments, like where would they go? Um <laughs> Can I be the rat from Ratatouille? I really enjoy him. He's very creative. He's a good cook. He's in France. I see no problems there. I love it. (laughs) I always say you can be a specific animal. You can be a mythical creature. You can be a plant. We had someone was a plant. I think it was a rhododendron. There you go. So we've got them all. And um, yeah, I love that. Ratatouille. (laughs) That's a good one. And And he's a city rat too. He is. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's a great answer. Thanks. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Oh, languages. I have the worst ear ever. I have such a tin ear. I try so hard and I cannot accomplish <laughs> speaking another language. When I went to Cuba for the like nine months Cuba was open to Americans, it is very much, they don't speak much English in most of Cuba and it was absolutely gorgeous and incredible. Although I went in July, which don't oh. recommend. Oh. Wrong choice, Bridget. Um, <laughs> But I, I mean, I just have such a tin ear. I stumbled my way through that country by the grace of God. Like it was just sheer kindness of strangers to let me figure out my way through with Spanish, but any other language too. I just, ugh, I would love to speak other languages. 
Yeah, that's something I I wish I could I wish I were better at and it's definitely helpful for travel for sure. Now my final question for you for my rapid fire questions and this can be travel related, career, life, really any anything that you'd like to share. Um, but what is next on your bucket list? From the travel side, I have had tickets uh, since 2019. In 2019, I bought tickets to go to the Christmas villages in Germany and Prague for 2020. That didn't happen. I rebought them for 2021. That didn't happen. So I now have them for 2022. And I'm starting to feel like if it doesn't happen this year, I'm just never going to see these Christmas villages. So from a travel perspective, there's been a long time coming on that one. So that would be it. And then, you know, from a career or life thing, it's, it's more whim. It's grow it bigger. It's go international. It's make a team that I'm proud to run and be a part of and encourage more people and more women and more Americans to go and explore and become better citizens. I love that. I think that's beautiful and definitely something incredible that you're doing, just in introducing people to new ways of life, new places, helping people broaden their horizons. I think it makes us better people and just makes the world a better place. Absolutely. It's so easy to be divided today. It's so mm-hmm. easy to pick your corner, fill your, like be surrounded in a bubble and just stay there. And it's a lot harder to do that once you leave your bubble and that can only help. Oh, for sure. Well, I think that what you're doing is so, so cool. I'm going to be um, definitely looking to see when is a good travel time for me because this sounds like so much fun. And I now know that Cape Cod is very high on my list. Uh, So I think this is... This is so cool, and I am so curious about what I could explore and end up discovering through through something like this, and I'm sure listeners are as well. So before we let you go, can you tell listeners where they can find you, how they can connect with WIM Travel, and anything else you'd like them to know? Yeah, we are at WIM Travel on social media. We're most active on Instagram. We are a company of millennials, after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find us most prominently at onawim.com. We spell whim, W-H-Y-M. So onawim, W-H-Y-M.com. We have, if if there's a question we did not answer on there, you feel free to chat us, text us. We are happy to talk. We are a group of talkers. And if you decide to purchase a trip with us and you use the code wellness, you'll get $50 off your first travel. Wonderful. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes too, so that they can take advantage of that. But I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story with us and sharing your love of travel with us. This has been, I think, long overdue. We've had Wanderlust in the name for so long, but we we unfortunately don't get to explore it all that often on the show. So definitely got my feet itching and I'm sure many of our listeners too. But thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It was a true joy to talk travel for an hour. I was I was happy to. Okay, who else is ready to book their whim? I'm now dying to go to Cape and Martha's Vineyard, and I can see how whim really can plan a trip that's tailored to our interests and our preferences. Because if Bridget was able to figure this out with just a few questions, imagine filling out this long survey with all of the details of everything that you love to do and having all of that research kind of behind you. So I am very interested in setting up my own whim for myself. And I really loved chatting with Bridget. So don't forget that if you're intrigued by this type of travel, listeners of the show can use code wellness for $50 off their first whim. I hope you check it out and be sure to check out all of Bridget's information in the show notes too. 
As always, I want to thank you for tuning in and sharing this part of your day with me. So if you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I am available on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog. You can also email me at Valerie at wellness and One of the best ways you can lend your support to the show, I've talked about this before, but leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast app really makes a huge difference for podcasters everywhere. And I would love to hear what you have to say about the show. So thank you all again so much for being a part of this community, for sharing this part of your day with me. And I hope you all have a fabulous day.